0: Hey everyone, you're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Jersey Church Podcast. It is great to be back with you. And our apologies, it's uh, we've had uh, an on week and an off week the last week. Um, few uh, few months, but uh, we are back in the swing of things today and uh, happy to be back with you. So, um, Matt Reed, how is it going for you today?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, I'm getting back from a semi-vacation, and so uh, I'm mostly rested, but now I have to rest from the vacation, right? That's what they say. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good and I think we got a good topic for today. I'm looking forward to talking to you.
0: I really do. And I think the same thing, and this really is the sort of the capstone of this uh, particular outline in terms of, you know, season three, we uh, have been discussing, all right, what does it look like to follow Christ in a pandemic? And our outline was uh, you know, connecting to Christ, connecting in community, connecting with your calling. And today we are going to move on to talking about uh, connecting with your uh, your commission and this really does this model really does follow the life of Christ and what we see uh, him modeling with his disciples obviously it started out with uh, with them connecting with him and then connecting in community with one another uh, and then obeying what he had called them to do as he would uh, begin to send them out and then when he is ready uh, to uh, to ascend uh, back to heaven then he gives them uh, their final commission or final command so uh, so matt let's talk a little bit about let's i think a great place to start today would be just to talk about this idea of commissioning and what the great commission means for uh, us as believers today
1: yeah and so whenever we talk about the great commission uh, we normally people are referencing matthew 28. Uh, verses 18 through 20. Um, And that's where it says, Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And, you know, there's something like this at the end of of, uh, the book of Mark, but um, the reason we we use the Matthew one a lot is it's literally the last thing that uh, is written in the Gospel of Matthew, and you know you think about as Matthew is writing this and getting ready to send it to his, his his readers, he's thinking how best do I close this book down? You know after I've just told the story of Jesus, what's the best thing I can do to to end? And if you if you talk to any writer uh, or any student, one of the most important things to do at the end of a book or uh, at the end of a paper is to have a strong conclusion, um, and so this is this is what Matthew chose to to put in there, and and that's significant. And so when we look about, when we think about the Great Commission, it's it's interesting that he ended it that way. But I think it gives us significance that it is not just for those twelve guys in that time, right? Like it, it was Jesus spoke those words to those twelve guys. They went and obeyed. But in many ways, he's still speaking us speaking to us those words of, okay, you know, Matt, Todd, you guys need to go and make disciples. And Jesus is saying, you know, all authority has been given to me and I'm the one who's going to be with you. So go and make disciples with me. And, uh, and, you know, obviously it's baptizing them, but then also teaching them to observe everything he's commanded. So there's this idea of, you know, new believers coming to know Christ, but also uh, believers being taught what it means to walk with Jesus uh, and that's what the 12 were commissioned to do, and that's what they did. I mean, they turned the world upside down, going and telling people about Jesus and making disciples. Um, but, uh, but then also, um, you know, what's that mean to be commissioned, though? You know, I think there's that, that idea that the word commissioned is not really in the text. It's this the name that we've given it. Um, but that idea—if you just look it up in the dictionary, which is what Todd and I did—you um, look it up in the dictionary, and it says the act of committing or entrusting a group, or, uh, person, or group uh, with supervisory power or authority. You know, another way of saying it is an authoritative order, charge, or direction, um, and it's granting authority to a particular for a particular action or function. And and so when we look at this, Jesus is giving us authority to go and do something. So the King of the Universe. Is sending out a decree that's saying this is what you're to do, you know, and I'm giving you authority to go do it, and and so and and that's not just for special people. It's not just for those twelve. Uh, it's not for uh, people who have gone to seminary, or uh, just for people who've gone to seminary, or people who are uh, pastors. You know, he doesn't give any kind of um, uh, what's the word? I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for. It, he doesn't give any kind of category here. You know, he doesn't say. You know, authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So if you are a pastor uh, or an educated uh, leader, then go and make disciples. No, he says go, meaning he's talking to everybody listening uh, to, to go and make disciples. So, so what I love about this commission is it, it is an act of, of Jesus giving us authority to go do something for him. He's going to empower us to do it, and it's meant for, for everybody. Uh, It's not meant just for um, pastors or special people, uh, but for, for anybody. So anybody who's following Jesus, obviously.
0: So what are your thoughts? I I think it's well said. This is something that we, uh, we definitely touch on in every new member class. And, um, and it's interesting the discussion that, that can oftentimes ensue after the fact of just seeing that light bulb go off in, Uh, some people's minds in terms of never really hearing that before, in terms of the Great Commission being given to all believers. It was, uh, I think, somewhere along the lines uh, that could be a a whole another podcast or multiple podcasts. All right. So where along the lines did we get this divide between uh, sometimes you've heard referred to as clergy and laity or uh, following Jesus as opposed to being a disciple of his that is uh, is commissioned, is really commanded. I mean, these are Jesus's final words uh, to, uh, to make disciples. And so I think that could be a surprise. And I think uh, another eye-opening um, aspect of this is if we take back to our last podcast and connecting our calling with the Great Commission— and I mean, imagine seeing the difference between a, an attitude or a perspective or an approach of seeing disciple-making as uh, something we do primarily through the local church, you know, while we're at church. Or, you know, um, uh, in that area versus disciple-making as a part of our calling. I mean, you talk about a potential paradigm shift You know, instead of living between, uh, sometimes it can feel like two different worlds. Okay, I'm going to the church building, and uh, everything about um, growing in Christ and making disciples primarily takes place there, as opposed to being sent off to make disciples as a part of our everyday lives.
1: Yeah, and you're referencing the idea that our calling is our everyday kind of, got what God yes has to do. It's yeah your, exactly your everyday life versus yeah yeah I you're right that is a big paradigm shift
0: so I mean I think the more those two worlds can overlap the better um, you know thinking in terms of um, sending off disciple makers into the community as uh, business owners or business leaders or teachers or uh, those that that might work in uh, technology or or with uh, with the media, uh, or stay-at-home moms, or, or just any calling that someone has received, I think it puts a whole new light on the significance of what God's called them to do. It's not just to um, love and serve others uh, in our vocation or in our calling; it is to. Make disciples as we go about that calling. Uh, And, you know, I oftentimes wonder the state of the world we're living in right now. uh, Could it be, how much of it could be that we have not made disciples that are entering into all walks of life? You know, we've sort of um, siloed disciple making as something that happens at church. And then we go off into the world, maybe for evangelism, um, maybe to uh, to serve others. But why we are in that uh, uh, in the world? All right, who are we crossing paths with that not only could be reached for Christ, uh, but also raised up to uh, to become a disciple maker in uh, you know in the workplace. You know, one of uh, my last RD group when we went to multiply, uh, it was most of all, you know, three out of the four of us were you know, looking primarily in church and, but I so appreciate, you know, Ray venturing off and he's, you know, he just kept being led back to a coworker of his that has, uh, was extremely hungry, uh, to know more, uh, and to learn more and to grow in Christ. And, uh, next thing, you know, I mean, his his next RD group is taking place at work, <laughs> and you know I, I don't think that is a concept that would cross uh, a lot of people's minds in the sense that uh, uh, now the gospel is being taken into that work environment. Uh, they're they're doing their RD group, you know, as a part of uh, you know outside the uh, the work hours. But now the gospel is penetrating that uh, that office space. So imagine that happening more and more throughout um every aspect of society and culture.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well that's that's a, and that's a great example with Ray of just um you know taking it outside the church because you're right. Sometimes we go, okay, making disciples. So what do I need to do uh with within Sunday bounds of my four walls of my church building? Um but God has definitely not called us to just that right he's called us to Uh, to reach the lost in the world, but also disciple them. So, and, and man, what a difference that could make in that business um, where those guys are meeting. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I just think about it in terms of a, uh, a business owner or a manager that could um, uh, see maybe uh, young people that they're uh, uh, you know, working with just puts a whole new perspective that, okay, I'm, I'm not only there to be their boss, but, In what other ways could I speak into their life, uh, you know, in uh, uh, for all aspects of life and not just uh, the workplace alone. So uh, so I think the next thing that leads us to is is I think another natural outgrowth of that can be the the Great Commission becomes more of a lifestyle as opposed to something that that is more of an addition to uh, our already busy lives. So, what are, what are your thoughts when it when it comes to a, a lifestyle of being commissioned as opposed to seeing our our commission as uh, as something that is an uh, uh, addition?
1: Yeah. No, and I I think that's a great question because a lot of times um, we as Americans we're busy people. You know, we we are are cranking things out and, you know, we're, we're working hard and we're trying to be good fathers and mothers and and good employees and good bosses and uh, good friends. Um, And because of that, I think the, the American culture is not one that um, slows down very easily um, or really is, is able to add things in. Um, And so when I think about discipleship, I think that's the fear that jumps in people's heads of, I got, that's one more thing I have to do. Um, and so I'm, a, I'm a dad of three small boys and I have a full-time job and, um, I have, I have friends, believe it or not, I have friends and, um, uh, I'm actually in a little bit of, school.
0: I've even met a few of them. So I can, I can vouch, you yeah, know, they're out there. They I'm are. Funny. Yes.
1: <laughs> I do have some friends. And then, um, I have, uh, I'm, I'm doing a little bit more schooling. Um, and so, you know, so I've got a lot going on in, in my life as well. Um, And so I get that. I get that and I go, okay, man, so what, what do I, how do I add something else in when I don't feel like I have enough time to get things done? And, uh, and as Todd and I were talking through, you know, the conversation we're going to have today, I just, I was thinking about how, you know, if, if, you know, like Todd said, if, if we can make disciple making, not just another add on to our life, but part of what we do. Uh, I think it'll be a paradigm shift of what we experience in a, day, uh, a day-to-day life. So when I look at my three sons, instead of going, okay, I need to make sure that they're in sports, I need to make sure that they're doing well for school, I need to make sure that they're, they're, their character's growing, you know, what does it look like for me to disciple them? You know, what does it look like for me to, to take my time with my sons and go, okay, you're already in my life. I'm going to go ahead and, and take some time to, uh, to spend with you about, you know, discipleship and reading the Bible and teaching them to do that. Um, and so there's, there's aspects like that, you know, where, where there's already people there that you care about um, and you're already spending time with them. What does it look like to take the next step? Um, and, and, but, but I think that's the, that's the key. What are those steps? And, and I think they start slow. I think they start slow. And I think you take baby steps to changing. I don't think you wake up tomorrow and you go, okay, my life's gonna be all about discipleship. So, um, you know, I'm just gonna be doing this and this and this. I think you have to look at your life and say, what do I need to stop doing? And in order to start doing this, which means you gotta be fully convinced um, that that making disciples and in, in accomplishing the Great Commission is, is what you wanna do. And so there's an aspect of prayer and, you know, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Um, but I love this verse out of Isaiah 30, 21. Uh, uh, chapter 30 verse 21 says and whenever you turn to the right or to the left your ears will hear this command behind you this is the way walk in it what i love about that is is if you put that on your day-to-day like life basically what god's saying is when you have decisions to make and you need to either go to the right or to the left you're going to hear my voice saying this is the way go this way walk in it and that gives me a lot of confidence of okay, Lord, you know, do I, uh, do I go to the grocery store or do I go to the gas station, right? Like, I think there are times where we need to pray about that because God might have an encounter at one or the other for you. it um, might say, okay, God, do I, you know, do I disciple this person in my work or this other person that's my neighbor? You know, I think God will allow you to, to um, uh, he'll speak to you on the way you should go. Uh, but that helps when you're looking at your life and going, I can't cram one more thing into it. Well, when you're praying to the Lord and then you look and you go, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do, I have these people that are in my life right now, which one should I go with? And that's where God wants you to be healthy. So he's going to give you the answers to that. And he's going to He's gonna let you know, like, hey, go this way, go that way. And it may not look like you thought. And there are times I think the Lord allows us to fail in order to learn. So it may not be like this great revival every time you listen to the voice, um, but, um, but I think it, it does start with prayer about your lifestyle. Is there anything you need to cut out? Um, and it, it starts with asking God then to go, okay, and then who is in my life? Um, so that you don't have to necessarily make these big changes, just recognizing, um, what you're doing. I mean, one thing I, I told Todd, this is, uh, I try to cut down on some of my, uh, my conversations that are just enjoyable for me at times. It's like, Oh man, I've been sitting here for 45 minutes. I've I've got more important things to do than just to talk about basketball, right? And there's times for that, but that was one thing I noticed. It's like, man, I think I could save a lot of time in my day if I cut down those conversations. But I don't know, Todd, what are your what are your thoughts?
0: You know, it reminds me very similar um passage in, in uh, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, where uh you know Paul talks about, you know, pay careful attention then. To how you walk not as unwise but as wise and, and so I, I think a uh, very similar train of thought there is as uh, where you were going in Isaiah is as we do that uh, it it really highlights all it begins to highlight all aspects of our life at that point you know no longer in my uh, uh, just focused on following Christ here and in uh, uh, somehow my my work is uh, my calling is different but as I begin to think about all right what I've been called to who are the people around me uh, while I'm doing that and uh, s- some of those people may consist of your one or may consist of uh, of other believers there's been other RD groups when they have multiplied uh, they have felt led to uh, to go with, family members, uh, that are, that are outside Jersey. They've felt led to go with, um, uh, people from their neighborhood. Uh, there, there's another one right now doing outreach to, uh, people that they uh, graduated high school with, and that was decades ago, you know, but that's their friend group. And so they just started, just like you said, they've started with the people that they already spend time with. So that, um, I've oftentimes said that you could have a, You could draw a circle around your faith community, you know, who you hang out with from church. You could draw a circle around your neighborhood and those that you live by. You could draw a circle around your activities. You know, uh, our age, it's a lot of times, especially uh, the stage you're in, a lot of times that is um, uh, around the school and other parents that uh, that you hang out with. Uh, from, uh, from your kids, you know, activities or sports or, uh, uh, or music. And, but I think the more those three circles overlap, the better. Uh, There's been times in, in Jewel and I's um, life where they have been more separate than together. And, and that's difficult. I mean, it's almost like you're living in three different worlds and, uh, and it just, so happened to be that way just based upon, you know, where we lived and where we were uh, working and the school our kids are going to. But, uh but the times where, um, all right, we, we worked with um, the same group of people or similar groups of people. And we, we did ministry uh, in, that, in that same circle. It was, uh it was just a different outlook, you know, it, it, like you said, it wasn't, it was less hectic. It was, uh, less relationships to, uh, to keep going. And, uh, you felt as if, all right, this disciple making this, this following of Jesus really is now I do, uh, am paying more careful attention and closer attention to, uh, my actions here, here, here and here, because I mean, there's people watching in, in, um, every one of those uh, areas of life. So I think it, it makes for a, a more well-rounded walk with the Lord and, uh, and one that um, can't help, but, uh, uh, but be focused on other people as we're going about it and looking for people in those circles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, man, I I think you just nailed it. It's, it's, and that's what makes it doable. That's what makes it, you know, I, I don't think God expects us to you know, we to do these huge, big shifts in the sense of adding something in. And, you know, there are people who have done that. And I feel like sometimes the church, we do ourselves a disservice because the people we put on stage and the people we praise, look at what this person did. They started their own organization and they started their own big discipleship movement and they did this and this and this. And, and you know, most people aren't going to do that. I mean, let's just, even you and I, Todd, we are not going, more than likely not going to do that the majority of people in, in history have just been people who impact their immediate sphere of influence. Um, so my, my grandma recently passed away and my grandma was 91, so she knew a ton of people and we thought the funeral was going to be really big and it was actually quite small, um, just mostly family. And, and as I thought about that, it's like, man, she impacted so many people. Well, the reality is most of those people she impacted have moved away um, or being her age, they're older, and they've passed away too, and and you look at it and you go, but her impact was still the same, and she never left the small little town in Indiana, you know, and, and I think that's the, that's what we got to look at, you know, God's not asking you to to be um, uh, some big Billy Graham person, he's asking you to, to minister to the people that are that are in your life right now, and to make disciples with them, and I think that's that's just important to remember, you know, I, because if if you're me, you start thinking, well, man, this whole world of multiple, multiple billions of people needs Jesus. And so I better get on it. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know, He's asked me to be in central Ohio, not in um, all of the world all the time. So uh, it's just a good thing to remember um, with that. But.
0: Yeah, very good. So that uh, that wraps up. Uh... Christ in a pandemic, and what does it look like to connect with Him? To connect in community, connect with our calling, and then to see that calling uh, connect us with uh, living out the Great Commission within that calling. So, um, thanks for being with us, and we we'll look forward to uh, being back with you next week. Take care. Good week, everybody.